Welcome into the Fantasy Pros Football Podcast. My name is Kyle Yates and I am your host. I'm joined as always by Mike Tagliere. You can find us on Twitter at KyleYNFL and at Mike Tagliere NFL Tags. How's it going? Oh, it's good, man. I uh, It's one of those days where I, I can't wait to get in the gym. It's one of the, now that the NFL offseason's here, I could actually hit up the gym. Uh, I've been trying to go five days a week, trying to cut off that weight that you gain in season. So uh, it's good, man. I mean, like the mental state is getting better by the day. Good. Well, yeah, you're at that point where you actually want to go to the gym and it hasn't fallen off. So lean into that and make sure you're going. Uh, Well, hey, we are joined again by Matt Waldman of Football Guys and the Rookie Scouting Portfolio to continue this preview of the NFL Combine. As a reminder, you can find him on Twitter at Matt Waldman. Last episode, we covered running backs and quarterbacks. So if you missed that episode, make sure that you jump back and listen because there was a lot of great content in there. Matt, you ready to keep this conversation going with uh, wide receivers and tight ends today? Hey, always. All right. Awesome. Well, hey, let's start off today's conversation with wide receivers and digging into some of these prospects that we should be watching. So um, before we do, though, I'm going to kick this over to Tags. Tags, what are some of the drills and workout measurables? We talked about some for the running back position in last episode, but what are some of the drills or workout measurables that we should be monitoring when it comes to wide receivers? Uh, My absolute favorite is the gauntlet. Uh, Watching players go through that seamlessly, doing it confidently, staying along their lines. Uh, If anything, maybe coming back towards the ball a little bit because it shows that you're the willingness to help out a quarterback. I know they want them to stay on the straight line, but knowing that all those scouts are watching you, knowing that you're competing amongst your peers, knowing that uh, these balls are being thrown nonstop and it's like your hand-eye coordination has got to be there, your balance has got to be there, everything is just there. I enjoy watching those goals. The ones along the sideline and things like that, they know exactly what they're doing. So uh, the gauntlet is definitely the one that I look forward to with the wide receivers the most. Yeah, absolutely. All right, well, let's just dive right in. Like we did on the previous episode, I'm just going to send this around the room, and we'll each mention a couple players that we're looking forward to watching at the Combine. Tags, who do you have first? LaVisca Chenault. I'm, I mean, I know that he's considered like a size-speed freak and someone that can be used in a, in a multitude of different ways, and while I don't disagree with that, I really do wonder just how fast he is in terms of like uh, is he a DK Metcalf type freak where it's like the size and speed measures up to guys like that I don't know if he is uh, he, he reminds me of someone like Cordero Patterson and I'm really interested to see what his numbers are in the three cone drill and the 40 drill and all of those because I think you're going to start seeing people like look at him maybe a little bit differently. I I did my mock draft that came out today, my first one, and I had him going to the second round. Uh, I know some people are anticipating him going in the middle of the first round, so I could be way off on that, but I don't know if I see it. Maybe if he breaks some of these numbers that some people expect, uh, I'll move him up. But as of right now, I'm not really, I'm not huge on him. Uh, maybe Matt can talk me into him. Maybe you can talk me into him. Uh, it's just, he's not a guy that just does it for me. That's all. Well, I can understand how someone looks at, you know, Chanel and and sees him as a Cordero Patterson type um, because of all the different ways that he was used. And the fear with Cordero Patterson was really that he was what you call a rep player, a practice rep player, meaning that you need to rep the game plan with him heavily for him to retain it on game day. And that's why when Bill Belichick, you know, said during the um, offseason that they had Patterson, oh, we're going to make him the player that he was always meant to be. That was quite a bit of hubris from a great coach who found out pretty quickly that a guy who basically just isn't, doesn't have the ability to retain information well enough to be able to play. But he's a terrific physical specimen. Shana, I think, isn't that kind of player. And I think he's more of a, you know, even if he's a slower, 
I think he can be more of a Des Bryant type of player in Bryant's prime, and I think he's more versatile than that. He actually runs some pretty darn good routes. He doesn't have a very good quarterback in Steven Montez in terms of a pro caliber option, but so, you know, he's hit or miss when you watch from a production standpoint, but he can get downfield. He's physical. He runs good routes. You know, it's not going to be the full route tree, but as you saw with DK Metcalf, you don't need to run the full route tree. You just need to be good at specific routes. And Chanel is, is good at specific routes. Um, guy I'm watching is Justin Jefferson, uh, you know, who to me, if we can see how quick he is, because I don't, I think he's going to be fast enough in terms of baseline, but fast in terms of first round fast, probably not, you know, but he's a guy who can play the flanker or the slot, very Keenan Allen-like in terms of his quickness, in terms of how he runs option routes, very smart route runner, physical player who can who can block extremely well and take on guys higher than his weight class and do it effectively. And he's also someone who, you know, can run after the catch and and be and is a very good route runner in his own right. So I think that if he has a good combine, it could elevate his stock. Justin Jefferson's separation, his ability to separate is phenomenal. I loved his tape. And do you think, Matt, do you think if Jerry Judy or Henry Ruggs or even CeeDee Lamb weren't in this class, would we, would we be talking about Justin Jefferson as a wide receiver one with his production that he put up this season? We would. We'd be talking about him in the way that we looked at guys like Keenan Allen or or DeAndre Hopkins or Michael Thomas in terms of some of the ways that he would be used. Um, but speed always seems to be a trump card there. And it's going to be interesting because Justin Jefferson could could end up having a better um, career in terms of production than any of the guys that you just mentioned, even though all those guys are excellent prospects in their own right. And I think we'd all anticipate them to to be productive players. Would you guys like to, I'm a Jefferson fan too. Like I, I there's small subtleties in his routes that, I mean, defenders, they're just stuck in their shoes. They can't do anything. I do like him an awful lot. Do you guys wonder if he should put on some weight? The, the measurements I have a 6'3 and 192. Would you guys like to see him add some weight? Because he's obviously fast enough. He can get over the top. That's not an issue. But would you guys like to see him add some weight to that frame? I, I think that I think that if it's something that he can do to be able to be to withstand the physicality of the league, you know, then yes, that would be great. Um, and and there are certain cases where you can add weight. We we talked about Ray Rice in the last episode. Ray Rice was a case of being a guy who actually gained explosion because he gained muscle in the core areas of his body where he became a more explosive player by adding weight. Um, so, you know, just Jefferson, if he can, if his body type is suitable for that, it might be benefit. Yeah. I think with Jefferson, his ability to separate at the line of scrimmage too kind of separates himself. He's not going to be someone who needs to break through contact at the line to be able to get downfield his ability to separate in other ways, you know, by being a good route runner, by being a good, you know, having good release off the line of scrimmage. Well, you know, and we're seeing the NFL trend more towards like Hollywood Brown. It was a first round pick last year, right? Like they're different players. Of course, I'm not comparing Justin Jefferson to Hollywood Brown, but I'm saying that the, the prototype of needing to be a, you know, six foot three, 210 pound, you know, a 215 pound wide receiver. I think those days are starting to disappear. And so with Justin Jefferson, I don't have that concern of him putting on weight. Of course it could be, it could be beneficial if he can maintain that explosiveness and, and top end speed. 
but I think he wins in other ways that are going to allow him to to you know to win in different ways at the NFL. Yeah, that was my only question, which is because like if he's going to play slot in the NFL, because he did play slot an awful lot for LSU, if he's going to do that, he's going to probably take some bigger hits from the safeties and linebackers. Like I, I don't have any issue with the separation. I don't think that's going to leave him if he puts on a little bit of weight. But it's more about I think trying to fit him into what offense and what an offense wants, and in him being a little bit more versatile. If it do, if he is more versatile, obviously it, it opens the door uh, to more teams willing to select him if they need someone that they want to play in the slot more than you know 20 percent of the time or something like that so uh but i do i think we're all on the same page here is that justin jefferson is a guy that we all like yeah for for me and you mentioned you know playing in the slot for me uh it's a good transition and segue to my guy that's kj hamler out of penn state uh kj hamler is 5'9 165 is his listed weight so that's light <laughs> so i think but what he brings to the table from the slot position his top end speed you know we're gonna we're talking about with the 40 yard dash we're talking about henry ruggs jalen rieger has been in that conversation as potentially being the fastest wide receiver i don't think we should count out kj hamler in that conversation his top end speed is insane and so for him i'm really interested to see how a offensive coordinator is going to use him at the next level because he played primarily in the slot and his ability to run deep fades out of the slot is outstanding so i'm curious is he going to be able to to move outside and be utilized kind of like a hollywood brown uh, and and how is he going to be used at the next level? But I think when we're talking about the combine specifically, KJ Hamler should put on a show. Yeah, Matt, I'm curious your take on him. He should put on a show athletically, but is he someone that you're worried about falling? He he kind of has to fall into that right offense. Um, I think he does to be fantasy producer for sure. Um, you know, he's a he's a terrific return specialist. I wouldn't be surprised if he weighs in at around 175, 176, somewhere around that range, as opposed to 165. But we'll see. Um, you know, he's very good, actually, being able to make plays in the middle of the field, and he can take some contact. Um, but the, the difference between college contact and NFL contact can be substantial. So it's one of those situations where, you know, can he get off press? And are defenders going to want to press him? And I don't think teams are going to put him outside. I think they're going to use him more in a role as that third or fourth receiver where he can stretch the field and get that one-on-one against a nickel or a, or a safety in, in that regard. So I like him a lot. Um, I was just watching him actually last night for extended periods of time, but I think that he's a guy that, you know, the Hollywood Brown look is interesting and I have him comped similarly as Brown, but we have to remember that, the Baltimore Ravens have a different offense than any other team in the NFL. Um, so is is there going to be a team that's going to look at him that way? Or is there, and try and copycat it? I don't think there are many teams that are trying to 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 make their quarterback be Lamar Jackson because no one can. Yeah, completely. I want to take a second to thank the sponsor of today's podcast, Pristine Auction. Pristine Auction has tons of items to choose from to fill out your man cave. Their daily auctions have hundreds of signed memorabilia to choose from that you are going to absolutely love. I was taking a look at some recent items that went. Check this out. A Lance Briggs signed Chicago Bears jersey just went for $30. An Evan Engram signed jersey went for $37. And this is ridiculous. A Tyreek Hill signed jersey went only for $67. Pristine Auction is the place to go to get your signed authentic memorabilia of your favorite players at unbelievably affordable prices. It's quick and free to register, so head over to pristineauction.com. That's P-R-I-S-T-I-N-E auction.com. And when registering, enter in Fantasy Pros, all one word, 
in the registration code field to receive a $5 credit for your first order. Again, that's pristineauction.com to start building your dream man cave today. Tags, who do you have up next? One of the guys I'm going to be watching is Colin Johnson. He's someone that I think everybody expected to come out last year. <laughs> and then little Jordan Humphrey comes out and everybody's like, wait, what? Like, that's the guy that should have been back to school and Colin Johnson was supposed to come out. I think going back, I don't think it helped him at all. At all. Uh, 6'6", 220, people are going to love the size. But the question is, is like, how are his metrics going to look? How are his measurables going to be? I don't know if he even goes in day two, to be honest with you. I think he's like a day three guy, but I'm sure that he could. The reason I'm watching is because he was someone that it was expected uh, to come out last year. And he, I think he would have been, you know, in those top three rounds last year. Uh, but it, it's it's almost like, can he catch the eye of these scouts at the combine? So he's someone that had the name brand and kind of lost it. So I, I'm interested in watching him and seeing what he does in the combine. Yeah, that, that's an interesting guy. I mean, certainly physical. He, I think he has good footwork. I think he's someone that can make the first man miss um, because of how precise he can be. And he has, you know, really good range and arm span. But, you know, I, I agree that probably um, the, the draft stock was much higher on him heading into last year than it is now, dude. And, and he's not a, he's not a speedster. A guy that, a guy that kind of, fits my you know desire to kind of watch and see what happens here is a guy who's been climbing this draft season and that's Florida's Van Jefferson um you know he's an excellent technician he runs terrific routes um you know his father was Sean Jefferson who played for the Patriots Chargers and and Lions and has been an NFL receiver coach for multiple teams and you can see that you know Van's learned a lot from his dad and a lot on his own he has some issues catching the football actually and they're not major but there are things that can make a difference between people being all excited about him in camp and then he shows up and drops some balls that he shouldn't. And a lot of it has to do with certain types of techniques that he's not using correctly at this time. And if he puts in the work catching the football that he does running routes, he could be a fantastic player. But the big question about him is just how fast is he? Is he a field stretcher? Is he a possession guy? How quick is he? Um, is it aided by just how great his footwork is? and how good he is at being able to uh, run routes precisely? Um, or is it going to be something that he shows up athletically and and and, it, and it's revealed that he can hold up against some of the top cornerbacks in the NFL, at least in terms of the speed, quickness, acceleration? Yeah, completely great name to bring up. For me, one of the guys that I'm really interested in in watching is is Michael Pittman out of USC. Uh, Pittman is six foot four, two hundred twenty five pounds. This is listed. One, I'm interested to see what he comes in at as far as weight. But then also, this is a guy who I really, really like. His ability to high point the ball. He has great hands, contested catch ability, um, and he also does have some run after the catch ability. People have been talking about Michael Pittman in the same sort of comparison to Allen Robinson, and so that type of player. But I think he can bring you a little bit more after the catch than Allen Robinson. So I'm interested to see particularly what Pittman runs at and what he weighs in at, because I think that's going to be super interesting for his draft stock. And can he be someone who climbs up and potentially gets his name into the second round? Matt, do you have have you watched Pittman yet? Do you have any specific thoughts on him? Yeah, I've watched him a good bit. And it's interesting that you bring up Allen Robinson, um, because if he has that kind of combine, Allen Robinson's three-cone drill and short shuttle are unbelievable for a guy his size. 
Um, the problem with Allen Robinson in terms of after catchability is he's played with Blake Bortles and Mitchell Trubisky. So he doesn't really, he's used a lot more often. He was used a lot more often as a jump ball type of player as opposed to an after the catch type of player. Um, but, you know, the only guy who's compared favorably to Allen Robinson in terms of those metrics recently was Cooper Cup. But Cooper Cup didn't have the 40 time. But you can see why Cup's quickness and agility have made him such a good player in addition to his route running. So when you look at a guy like Pittman, I didn't see much after the catch. Like he can he can push you. He can push a pile if he has momentum. He's strong, but he he it's disturbing to me how many tackles he does not run through that are ankle tackles. Just someone just wrapping him at the ankles. Ankle biters bring him down repeatedly. Um he's very good at the at the curl route, he's very good at the jump ball type of routes downfield. But I'm not as high on him as a lot of people are. And he's going to need a good combine for me to feel comfortable with him as a as one of the top receivers in this class. But at the same time, even not being extremely high on him, I see him as a, contri- as a guy who can be a contributor for a team and be on the field enough that he can help out with what he does well, which is those perimeter routes and the zones and the slant routes um, where you give him, you know, either contested plays um, or let him get open, you know, in the crease and settle in, make the catch, take the hit and move the chain. Yeah, he's someone that I believe can be a number two wide receiver in the NFL, you know, not that alpha, uh, but he could be a number two where it's like a guy that's going to see one on one. He gives his quarterback confidence, a big target when thrown in the ball and he wins in those contested catch situations. The reason I wouldn't bring up Allen Robinson is Robinson's a phenomenal route runner like he's legitimately he's definitely top 10 in the league when it comes to running routes. Uh, I wouldn't give Pittman that. I don't think there's any suddenness to his routes that I saw, uh, but crazy contested catchability. So it just really, it all depends on where he's going to land and what he can develop into. Uh, but going back to Van Jefferson, he lacks burst off the line of scrimmage, but he has long speed. So I'm, I'm guessing he'll do fine in the 40. It's more about in those short, uh, the cone drills that I'm wondering how he'll do. But the more I watched him, the more I kind of liked him. And he was someone I was going to bring up as like one of my sleepers. Like I think he's a day three guy, uh, but it, the question is where he's going to go. But he, I, I like that Matt brought him up because he's someone that I liked more than I thought I was going to. Yeah, absolutely. Well, hey, let's let's do this just like we did with the running backs. Let's take a look at some of these deeper names that we haven't brought up yet. And of course, we haven't even talked about Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs, C.D. Lamb. I mean, even Rieger, these guys who are sort of at the top of the the consensus here. But let's take a look at some of the deeper names and let's go just one one player each. Uh, Tags will go with you first and then Matt. And let's bring up one player who were kind of interested in, in watching it for for whatever reason at the combine jerry judy's my number one i mean he's a superstar uh i don't care if he runs a four six i really don't care uh jerry he gets separation at every level he's so he's not gonna run a four six but i'm just saying um but i mean it's more about like going down the board and uh finding like denzel mims i like a lot his quarterback play was horrendous uh terrible uh there his mitts are very strong at times and then i know he has some concentration drops in there but his frame is big enough to absorb hits. Uh, he moves pretty well for a guy that's 6'3", 215. Gain separation. He has some suddenness you know, in his routes off the line of scrimmage. Doesn't have great long speed. So I'm a little worried about his 40 time. But he's someone that I think should do extremely well throughout the gauntlet. Guy that I really like. And I think that um, if he didn't have... He, he basically had to go undergo a rape trial in Wisconsin last year. And he was um, acquitted on all charges. But he is a fantastic football player, and that's Quintez Cephas. Um, this is a guy who makes contested catches, runs very good routes, uses his hands extremely well at the top of the stem. Um, 
he dominated Oregon's two cornerbacks. And Oregon's two cornerbacks are a terrific pair of guys in terms of coverage. Um, and he's someone that can run after the catch. He tracks the ball extremely well, physical. I just want to see, you know, how fast he really is, how quick he really is. Because when I watch him on the field, I think of guys like Roddy White and Joe Horn in terms of what he could possibly become um, as a late round guy, um, you know, in this in this particular draft. So it's going to be fun to watch him at the combine. Yeah, I'm, I'm so glad that you brought up. He was one of the names I was considering. I love Cephas's film. And when we talk about Wisconsin, when you talk about Wisconsin, you're talking about running the football, right? And so with that offense, the wide receivers really don't get a lot of attention. So, But whenever Cephas did get thrown the ball, he showed up in a big way. And so I think, Matt, if he runs in the four low four fours, high four fives, what do you think his draft stock could become? He'll be a fourth round player. And that, and that fourth round is that round that says we probably gave him a first round grade, but the, the broken foot he had in 27 end of 2017, and then the off field with the rape case, um, were enough questions that put people down from a PR standpoint. But again, this is a guy who was pretty resoundly acquitted in terms I mean, you know, I'm no legal expert, but he was pretty resoundly acquitted of these charges. Um, and it was a pretty, uh, you know, open and shut case, and it didn't come across as a as a big football program influence type of thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Well, awesome. My last guy here is uh, the one that I'm interested in watching is Antonio Gandy Golden out of Liberty. Now, uh, Antonio Gandy Golden's ability to make a spectacular catch, uh, to make contested catches, uh, his hands are phenomenal. He is someone who I got like legitimately like excited watching his tape and kind of like jumping out of my chair because his ability to show up in big ways, specifically in the red zone, um, is huge. But playing at Liberty, you know, the level of competition is not great. Uh, however, when when he did play these big schools, there's I watched his Syracuse game and he showed up in some big ways. He does have some suddenness and twitch to his to his game for six four two twenty, and so and he his arms are incredibly long. So I want to see him run the forty. I want to see him run these cones. He didn't perform very well at the Senior Bowl based on reports. So I want to see can he just show up again? Tags mentioned it in in last episode. How do these guys look compared to one another? And I think Antonio Gandy Golden could separate himself and potentially move himself up draft boards. I think his his size and the ability to separate isn't going to be or his separation ability isn't going to be phenomenal. So I don't think he's going to be someone who we're talking about in the second or third rounds, but yet he could be someone that a team gets their hands on late and brings him in and he produces right away. Matt, you said that you loved Antonio Gandy Golden. What what are your takeaways? Yeah, and I go to the Senior Bowl every year, and I'll just say this, and I don't really care who it was who said that, who gave those reports. They were probably too busy drinking and talking as opposed <laughs> to actually watching the film because I do actually watch the film of the Senior Bowl after you know after going to the practice and watch the practice film and if they if they were judging Antonio Gandy Golden based on that he only has you know a limited number of moves off the line of scrimmage and one-on-ones then maybe that would be the the thing that you would say he needs to develop more moves but the fact that he could use that same move over and over again and get separation and not get moved off track and win those contested catches. And he had more into his game than how I described, but that's that I'm trying to be generous to the person saying people saying that, you know, how that was. Yeah. This is a, 
I, I talked about Preston Williams last year being the AJ Green starter kit. Well, Antonio Gandy Golden is kind of in that yes. in that kind of realm too. That's exactly who I thought of when I and I watching Antonio Gandy Golden. I'm I'm thinking like this is AJ Green. This is AJ Green. But I'm trying to like catch myself from getting too excited <laughs> and saying I'm watching a guy out of Liberty and comparing him to AJ Green. So yeah, I'm glad to hear that you had that kind of same observation too. Yeah, but it's it's one of those things, and it's you know again with wide receivers, we have to understand too that there's. It takes some time from a conceptual standpoint to learn the position for the NFL, depending on the scheme you're going into. So, you know, you can be really high on certain guys and it may take a year for them to develop. And so I think, you know, for our fantasy audience out there, they're oftentimes looking for immediate results. And and there are times that, you know, you can rate a guy highly based on what he should be able to do within two to three years. And you may have to wait that time for that guy. And so if you're someone that doesn't want to wait, you're going to have to lower some of these guys on your boards who might be higher up in in, in draft Knicks rankings, kind of like mine. Um, you know, I look at a guy like Hakeem Butler as an example because these are guys that you know it may take a it may take a little bit for them to learn the system or fit with what they want to do, but the ability's there. Yeah, for those dynasty players out there, I, I love that you just brought up Hakeem Butler. He was actually someone you know you guys are talking about it with with Gandy Golden, but uh, Hakeem Butler last year was someone that reminded me a little bit of AJ Green. Uh, had some of that to his game, and I know there was a small sample size, and you know he's he's basically I don't I don't want to say free in dynasty leagues right now, but you can get him for essentially free. Uh, for what he should and potentially could be that number one receiver uh, because they're not using Christian Kirk kind of in that mold. Especially in that offense, too, with them airing it out as much as they are. Awesome. Well, hey, let's put a bow on the wide receiver discussion. Let's move over to tight ends. This tight end class is not necessarily as deep as some previous years, um, but there are a few players that I do like in this class. So let's just do one around the around the room this time, and we can bring up some of these these uh, other names if need be. But so let's start off uh, just like we've been doing tags. Who who do you want to point out here at the tight end position? I mean, how slow is Cole Kmet? Because I, I'm not kidding. I watch him, and he looks like Jason Witten at 40 years old. I, I'm not kidding. And and the thing is, it's weird because he gets open. I mean, Jason Witten was the same guy. Like you know, going through his career, I always I'd always watch Jason Witten play, and I'd be like mesmerized because I'm like, this guy's not a crazy athlete. He's just a very smart football player. And is that who Kmet is? Is that is that the guy who he is? But I, I do believe if he runs so slow, I think some teams are going to be like, wow. I mean, that's that's obviously not good in today's NFL because it limits the versatility in the way that you could use him in today's NFL, where you have the move tight ends, the guys that line up at wide receiver like a Bryson Hopkins. Uh, but he's someone that I'm watching uh, just because I, I think that there's there's measurables that could actually drop him out down draft boards more than people think. I don't even have commit as high as most people do. And and I, I'm still yeah, I still have a lot to watch with him with the tight end class. It's probably the one class and I'm I have, I'm still waiting to dig in a little deeper. I mean, I've watched everyone, but need to dig in a little deeper. And, and currently after the first couple of rounds of viewing, I, I would have to say that Kemet isn't, isn't really on my board as a, as a really high-end guy at this point. A guy who does intrigue me is Josiah DeGuara out of Cincinnati, who's 6'3", 240, plays with, you know, former receiver, really tracks the ball well, um, has some concentration drops, but also has moments where you go, okay, this has moments of starter play. He, he can block pretty well for a guy who's a former quarterback. So what I really want to see is, where he weighs in, you know, also how he performs in some of these short area 
quickness drills. And then also how he runs the 40. I want to see how well he can stretch a seam. Um, he's an intriguing player to me. Probably more of a day three guy, um, but a guy that might have day one skills um, when it's all said and done with. Yeah, he's an intriguing name, and he's one who I haven't gotten to watch yet, And but he is one that is definitely on my list, and I'm excited to dig into. Um, for me, my I'll go with my tight end one who... I knew you were going to go here with him. I knew it. Yep. Some people are not super high on Thaddeus Moss out of LSU. Uh, I love Thaddeus Moss's tape. And for me, it's because of his hands, one, and his fluidity. For me, when scouting the tight end position, like we talked about Cole Komet, Cole Komet, watching him, he's extremely stiff when I was watching him. And I want these guys who can get in and out of breaks easily and who can, you know, become open and then do something with it when they get the targets. And so... Thaddeus Moss is someone who I don't think a lot of people are very high on, but he's someone who I really, really enjoyed watching and who I think I'm just excited to see what he runs and what he weighs in at too, uh, because I do think he can be used as kind of that, that prototypical tight end. You know, we're not talking about him just as a move tight end or just as a blocking tight end. He can be used in either fashion because there are clips of him mauling people in the run game. So I'm excited for him, but I know tags is not. So I'll turn this over and, uh, and tags. What are your thoughts on Thaddeus Moss? Well, me, I mean, I just watch him and I'm like, I, he doesn't have the size that I want in a tight end. Obviously six, three, two is what he's listed at. Uh, he obviously, he knows, he doesn't know how to run routes, but he doesn't, I, I wish he'd sell them more. I just don't know if the, the, the effort was there all the time with him. He was surrounded by studs at LSU. And at some point you have to say, okay, which of these players are going to live up to the hype? Some of them are going to let down because they're not all going to be studs in the NFL. And when I see Moss, he's the he's the one that jumps out to me is like, okay, he probably benefited a ton from the players that he was surrounded with, from the quarterback situation that he had. There was some inconsistent blocking for him in the second level when it came to the run game. He's not going to be faster than many linebackers, and he's not bigger than cornerbacks to get a mismatch on the perimeter. So like I like Jared Pinckney better uh, than Thaddeus Moss. Uh, Bryson Hopkins is obviously the I, I would say the best receiving tight end in this class. But um Matt, let's let's have you break the tie here. Thaddeus Moss, what's your take? <laughs> this is fun because <laughs> Thaddeus Moss is a guy that I haven't officially studied yet, but I've watched enough tape of him and I've studied Jared Pinckney and he's high on my board heading into this final round. But I watched Jared Pinckney at the senior bowl and I was extremely disappointed with him. If you, if you're asking him to get separation in a, a cushiony zone up the seam, he'll do that. But he's not going to get separation beyond 10 to 15 yards. I'm starting to think he's more Michael Roberts-like, the Detroit Lions guy, who then then he is a top-end guy. I mean, I, there's a lot I like about him, but he's he's more Michael Roberts than he is Algie, the next Algie Crumpler. You know, so he he may, may help you in the, in the run game, may help you in the short receiving game, but I, I'm not going, you know, he, he looks like the Bears tight ends right now, um, like O'Shaughnessy and... Kind of more fluid, maybe, um, and a better blocker, um, but not someone you're going to go fantasy wild about. Thad Moss, I really liked what I saw of him as a route runner, and 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 I know a lot of people are saying, well, he's trying. You know, I've I've read some reports recently where you know just some from the mainstream where it's kind of like, you know, combine preview stuff, and it's like you know he's going to try and distance himself from saying that he's just you know Randy Moss's son. Well, let me tell you something. When I watch the way he moves as a round runner on certain routes, 
he looks like Randy Moss's son on some of those routes in terms of just the subtleties that he shows in terms of, you know, just kind of the, the bend, the ability to set up a defender, run into his feet, you know, get that defender to turn. And then the fluidity he has to go up and win the football. If you can ascribe that to being Randy Moss's son, I would take that all day. Heck, if someone could get, give me that ability and I could like, someone play you know and go into the combine and say i'm like randy moss's son i've just made myself a really good living so i like him i don't know how much how high he's going to be on my board but from what i've seen i'm anticipating that he's going to be one of my favorite tight ends in this class well first off haha (laughs) 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 additionally Additionally, everywhere that I did want to just point out this to tag additionally, everywhere that I'm looking and I had him listed in my database at six, three, two forty nine. And that's where I'm seeing him everywhere. So uh, he's definitely heavier than the two twenty five. Again, we'll we'll find out here soon uh, with the combine what officially he weighs in at. But for me, I was scouting his movability, you know, based off of two forty nine. And so for him to be moving that well at that weight um, was someone who I really enjoyed watching. Well, guys, any last kind of closing remarks as we look at, you know, the tight end position and kind of before we put a bow on this conversation? Does Albert O like like show up, like actually show up to the combine? Um, he didn't show up to get like he's someone that I mean, I'm so disappointed in. Like I watched him because I thought he was going to come out last year and I was going to put him as my number two tight end. Uh, I loved him like more than Fant. And uh, and then I watched his tape this year and I was like, who the hell is this guy I'm watching? Like it, it was like he didn't care. And I, I don't know if that I don't know what was going on with him. I really don't. And I, a lot of people shared that sentiment with me. I, I, I posted on Twitter and a lot of people said he looked like a completely different player. And um, like, I don't I, did he lose motivation? Does he want to play football? I don't know, because that guy was uber talented uh, last year. And I mean, did you guys see anything from Alberto this year that like suggested was he hurt? Was like what's going on with him? Yeah, I'm still looking into that. So it's gonna it's one of those questions that are gonna have to be left unanswered for this, at least from my point of view. Yeah, for me watching Okuegbanam was he he's listed at six five two fifty five and there is no way that he is two hundred and fifty five pounds. He is much heavier than that, I think, based on what I saw on tape. Like he's lining up in line next to the offensive lineman and I'm going like there's not a huge size difference here. <laughs> you know, like I really can't tell. So yeah, he he kind of fell off a cliff. He was someone who was really, really hyped uh, his freshman year and then kind of fell off, you know, in the sequential years. Also, that offense at Missouri wasn't fantastic with Kelly Bryant. So we kind of have to take that into account. But from what I watched on tape, I wasn't a huge fan of what Albert O brought to the table. Yeah, it was it was terrible this year. Like I, I would urge you if you if you want to like him, watch 2018 tape or the 2019, because 2019, I wouldn't draft the guy at all. Yeah, completely. Um, Matt, did you have one other name here that you wanted to bring up? Sure. You know, Bryson Hopkins is a guy out of Purdue who's very fluid, really good route runner, someone that makes nice plays at the catch point. Kind of reminds me of another Purdue tight end, Dustin Keller, but um, probably a little bit more natural in terms of his athletic build. And as a result of that, I think that he has a chance to elevate his stock at this combine um, if he performs well um, in the measurable areas. 
Yeah, I I loved Hopkins in my summer scout when I was doing summer scouting last year. Hopkins was my one going into the season. I loved what he brought to the table. Uh, one other guy I'll mention right really quick before we get out of here is Hunter Bryant out of Washington. He is your prototypical move tight end. He's someone who you want flexed out, kind of think in the Evan Engram role. Uh, so for him, I'm interested to see what he runs because at 6'2", 240 is what he's listed at. He could be running in that four fives, four sixes most likely. So for him, I'm really interested interested to see what he runs and how he moves because he could be that perfect move tight end for today's NFL. Well, awesome guys. That's all the time that we have for today. So thank you again to Matt Waldman for coming on the show. Again, you can find him on Twitter at Matt Waldman and for Mike Taglier and Matt Waldman, I'm Kyle Yates and we'll see you next time. I just wanted you to watch me dissolve.